world of college football is just waiting to erupt. Now, the Bueller Air Conditioning Saturday Kickoff on 1010XL. Stay cooler with Bueller. Brought to you by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. Here are your hosts, Matt Hayes and Shannon Snell. Saturday kickoff brought to you by Sony Real Pit Barbecue, where it's all college football all the time. I'm Matt Hayes. He's former Florida Gators All-American and Sonny's Pitmaster Shannon Snell, and it is your weekly and now final week for all things final college week. football. Woo! It's championship weekend, everybody, where it all shakes out in the race for the playoff. All the whining and complaining and arguing <laughs> about who's deserving and who isn't, you know. The stuff that makes college football the greatest spectacle in all of sports. It all ends today. At least for a few hours until that gray smoke arises from the swanky suburban Dallas hotel where the playoff committees hold up and they deliver those four precious playoff teams. Mm -hmm. It is a two-hour show today. Leading up, of course, to the big one, Georgia versus Alabama in the SEC championship game. That thing kicks off at 4 o'clock from the Mercedes Dome in Atlanta. It's easy to get involved for the last show of the season. Jump on the text line brought to you by our good friends at Lifetime Enclosures at 904-641-1010. Call the show at the same number, 641-1010. You can also watch live, live stream on 1010XL, the YouTube page. What's up, everybody? At the end of the first segment, we'll open the lines, and Rob, our glorious producer, will take the fourth caller at 641-1010 for our weekly pick segment, the last Final pick segment of the year where you can win a sweet Sunday swag bag. All you have to do is beat Shannon or myself in the weekly picks of championship week. And no more giveaways, okay? No more holiday spirit. That's it. No more love. You have to beat us head-to-head to win the you bag. You have to win. All right? <laughs> you That's have to it. win. Period. We got our guy Mike Griff coming up at 1140. You, of course, see Griff on the SEC Network and read his stuff at Dog Nation at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And we'll break down the SEC championship game and playoff madness with him. Oklahoma State against Texas in the Big 12 championship game at noon. Alabama versus Georgia in the SEC championship game at 4. Michigan versus Iowa in the Big 10 championship game at 8. Louisville against FSU in the ACC championship game at 8. I love the way the new Florida State uh, radio guy, by the way, says, Touchdown, Florida State! Touchdown! FSU! And I do love it. Honestly, I do. He's like miles, like country mile better than the Florida guy, it the new Florida me, guy. Makes me want to throw Just up. Just really, really good. All right. Welcome to Championship Week. I didn't need to hit you like that, Shannon. Sorry it's about okay. that. It's okay. But how good is this? How good is this week, man? Man, come on, Matt. This is the week, and we've been talking about this leading up into this week. This is the crescendo. This is what we wait for because there are so many storylines, and we're talking about the, the, the playoffs. I mean, there's some great matchups today. Louisville versus Florida State. Florida State with – Maybe their third string quarterback, the SEC title game, an Alabama team who ah. I said earlier in the game, earlier in the year they're done. Nick you Saban's about, he's wrong. walking out the door. I was wrong, <laughs> thank you. I can say that. But there's so much good stuff. Michigan, Iowa, and we're talking about who gets in after a great win by Washington last night. Michael Penix Jr. Phenomenal, fantastic job. And you know you got to feel bad for Bo Nix because he played his ass off. You love it. I love what Bo Nix has done. 
Dylan but, Johnson. Oh, How yeah. about him last Come night? Come on, man. God, like Lee. good, good gracious. With but, a bum ankle. Yes. Like, I mean, but there's so many storylines. And then it, it, what it comes down to is who does the college football playoff pick? If Florida State gets it done tonight, can they get it done in convincing fashion? Do you put them in, right? Oh, can yeah. you can you leave them out? What kind of chaos is that going to create? So I'm I'm excited to see how the games play out and what happens here over over uh, championship Saturday. The the injury to Jordan Travis mm-hmm. has made this the most compelling playoff. It has since probably the first one. It has. It, it's and how it's going to all play out. It's it's fascinating. I can't wait to see it. All right, Rob, let's run out of the tunnel. Now let's run out of the tunnel. Brought to you by Cannons of Jacksonville. Your best shot for trailer hitches. All right, out of the tunnels. Brought to you by our good friends at Cannons of Jacksonville. Family owned and operated towing and custom welding business serving Jacksonville since 1950. You need a trailer hitch installation or top quality towing products like gooseneck hitches, fifth wheel hitches, weight distributing and tow bars, all at wholesale prices. Go see Cannons of Jacksonville or call them at 904 733 Three five, two four. All right, we all doubted him. Hell, I was at the front of the pack. We all thought this was the end of the Alabama dynasty. Again, over and over, we've tried to bury the tide year after year. This quarterback won't work. The loss of this offensive coordinator, or that defensive coordinator, or these key players. And it just has to stop now, doesn't it? Only it doesn't. And more than likely won't until Nick Saban, the greatest coach in college football history, and maybe football history, after we've seen Belly without Tom Brady, finally says he's done. Because at this point, after all we've seen this season, how can you see it any other way? He made mistakes this season, okay? The biggest blaming the Texas loss on quarterback Jalen Milrow, because that's most certainly what he did by benching him. It nearly cost Saban in Alabama a week later. When he forced that, that, that start on Tyler Buckner. Remember Tyler Buckner against lowly USF and the tie was in a dogfight in the fourth quarter and Milrow wasn't coming in because, as we later learned, he wasn't happy about being benched. And he let Saban and Tommy Reese know about it. And once that happened and once you question Nick, well, you see what happens. So Milrow returns the following week. After Saban admitted, by the way, that he didn't take the benching well. And why would he? Again, why would you? But something strange and wonderful happened. The tide got better and better and better. Jalen Milrow got better and better and better. Week after week after week. And now here we are. Staring at an SEC championship game where Alabama could very easily win the league title and find a way to get into the playoff. Again! Why, I ask you, should we be surprised? Why do we doubt St. Nick? And when I say we, believe me, I was at the front of the line earlier this year saying this is it. So let's look at every season in Alabama since 2008, okay? His second season in Tuscaloosa. To further advance this evidence of why do we doubt Nick Saban. Before the show started, I said, Shannon, wait do you hear this. I don't want to tell you what I'm doing, but I want you to hear it live and get your response. And everyone else out there, respond to the text line. Respond, you can call. It's, it's, this is going to be a we love Nick Saban day. We're not going to forget about you, Georgia. Don't worry. We love the dogs, too. We're going to hit that as well. Here we go. 2008. 
The loss to Florida in the SEC championship game kept Alabama from playing for the BCS national title. 2009, won the national title. 2010, Saban's most talented team. He said that, not me. And the only team to lose three games. 2011, won the national title. 2012, won the national title. 2013, only that ridiculous kick six against Auburn kept Alabama from playing Florida State for the national championship. 2014, the number one seed in the first ever playoff, lost to Ohio State in the semifinals. 2015, won the national title. 2016, only a classic drive from Deshaun Watson. And that last play of the game, the pick play that wasn't called because it most certainly was a pick, and Clemson beat Alabama in the national title game. 2017, won the national title. 2018, lost the national title game to Clemson. And a freshman quarterback named Trevor Lawrence, by the way. 2019, lost by five to LSU, the greatest college football team in modern history, and missed the SEC championship game in the playoff. 2020, won the national title with an unbeaten season. Every game was an SEC game, other than the playoff, of course. 2021, lost the national title game to Georgia, playing without two All-American wide receivers, Jamison Williams and John Mechie III. 2022, lost two games on the final flip and play of the game, each one, and missed the SEC championship game in playoff. And now here we are in 2023. And we doubted this coach, this team, this program, never again. Not today against Georgia, not next year when the college football postseason landscape changes significantly. Not until Saban says, I've had enough. We're out of the tunnel, Shannon. What do you see? <laughs> Gosh, I wish you would have given me a prelude while we were all fair <laughs> today. I, what about that? I mean, if you really look at it like that, what they've done. Oh my, you know, we talk about the, you know, the, the greatness of what Kirby Smart has. And we're, we're all victims of, of recent successes and recent failures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we get caught up in the moment and we just expect things, Matt, whether it be on a, a, a stage where you're normal everyday life, but even more so in sports for guys like us, where we notice a guy and it's like death, taxes, and Alabama being in some sort of relevancy when it comes to college football. And I sometimes take that for granted, right? There's players and there's coaches and there's people that we come across that we watch on TV. I've been watching 41 years of my life that we say, man, we just expect this guy to be great all the time. We expect things to happen, and when it doesn't happen, we're like, oh, he's on his downfall. It's done. It's over. It's Listen, Matt, We I just talked about it before you went out of the tunnel here, is that I expected this to be a, a quote-unquote last year of, of a Nick Saban-led football right. team or Alabama in relevancy. After that Texas game, I was like, you know what? I'm so high on Texas, but it's more about what Bama's not doing. And what Bama has become and this NIL, the NIL era and this, you know, transfer portal. Nick can't handle this. Nick can't do it. But I sometimes get caught up in the moment. I sometimes get caught up in um, the I'm, I'm a victim uh, of Nick Saban's success because I just expected Nick Saban to win every single game. And at the end of the at the end of the season, we're sitting here talking about Alabama being in the playoffs or Alabama being in you know contention for the SEC title. What Alabama's done, I think this has been, by far, Nick Saban's best coaching season. And I say it just like this. Think about what happened early in the season, right? You take away the Middle Tennessee game, they blew them out. We're like, oh, Alabama's back. But then you go, you're at home versus a a really good Texas team, and you lose to them. Mm -hmm. And then you have to bench your starting quarterback, who you weren't even high on in the first place. We all just said, hey, Milrow's not the guy. Actually, I said Milrow wasn't the guy. 
I actually said Milrow was going to come. It was going to come a game. Milrow wasn't very good, and Nick Saban wasn't going to know what to do. That's exactly what happened. Then we find out about the benching. We find out about everything. Then we showed the picture. We saw the picture of what Nick Saban looked like after that South Florida game, walking up that tunnel, and his head was down, his hair was disheveled, and we were like, "Oh, this is over. This is done." And then all he of a looked sudden, terrible. he looked terrible, Matt. He looked like a, a man that was just completely demolished and just done. With defeated, job, defeated, broken, done, everything, whatever. Yes, you yes. insert whatever, whatever word you want to insert in there, that's what Nick Saban looked like. It wasn't, it wasn't positive. But everything that they've done throughout this season, they go into, uh, they play Ole Miss, beat them well. They beat them, right? Yeah. There wasn't even a shot. But then, of course, along, they beat a Texas A&M team and then a Tennessee team, LSU. Kentucky, which was good at the time, and even last week. I know before we got on air, I said, you know what? I just, they didn't look great last week, which they didn't. Auburn should have won that football game. But the great teams, the great coaches, the great players find a way. There's a game in a season, and we've all seen it. We've seen it this, this football season here. Those great teams find a way to win those football games. They find a way to get win those, those tough ones. And it's not so much on the players because the players get it done, but it's on those coaches to lead them to those wins. Nick Saban's not done, and you're right. Tonight is going to be a barn burner. Tonight's going to be a game where it's the best coach of the modern era and Kirby Smart mm-hmm. versus the best coach of ever. the last. Yeah, it's ever, ever, Matt. It's, you, you, can't even, you can't even take you can't that argue. away from Nick Saban. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what happens because a lot of us think this could be the change. If, if Kirby Smart comes out of this game and he wins and he heads to his fourth, fifth, whatever na- playoff, is this the changing of the guard? And, and, and here's the thing. It's not that Nick Saban's done. I'm not saying that. I'm, Nick Saban could go on and win another football game. He could go on and win another college football playoff championship. But does the changing of the guard happen where a older Nick Saban passes that torch to a guy that's been very dominant here over the last five years, four or five years? We're, we're going to get into George's little run, too. Believe me. Trust me, dog fans. We're going to do the same thing with yeah. when Kirby got there, okay? Oh, yeah. So hang on. It's, this is – we're, it's not all about Alabama love, but we're setting it up, okay? We are set. And by the way, I I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I think the torch has already been passed. Um, I think I think Nick is now trying to get it back. Uh, I mean, Nick in eleven career championship games at both LSU and Alabama, he's ten and one. The only loss is the Herb in two thousand eight. He's ten and one. That's <laughs> unbelievable. So it, it's. I know we all think, all right, Georgia, and I do think Georgia has the better team. I think Georgia is the better team. I think Georgia has the better players right now. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, I mean, in this game with that dude and the way he gets those guys ready to play. I, I think, eh, maybe I kind of disagree. I think they're both standing in the same realm. I think Alabama has a bunch of dudes on their team. Yeah. And I think Alabama, if we're talking about everybody, Alabama's playing the best football across those top teams right now. Think so? Better than Georgia? Better than Georgia? Wow! Better than Georgia? Probably is on the same level as Michigan. Maybe a little bit better than Michigan because I think Michigan's playing really well right now. They're playing well defensively. They can run the ball, everything. But I think Alabama has hit their stride at this point in the season. It's not about being great over the course of a season. Yes, you need to win every game, but it's about when you hit your stride and when you play your best football. Tell me what what aspect of Alabama's game. Milrow specifically. Now, if Milrow goes down, that changes the whole aspect, right? Yep. But I think Alabama, for everything that they've done, they're able to run the football. They've gotten so much better defensively here over the last five or six weeks of the season. Exactly the time that they needed to get better. They didn't need to show their entire hand. They didn't need to show their pocket aces on the first you know, two or three games. Mm-hmm. Yes, they lost a hand, but you know what? They came back, and they have the chance for redemption tonight. Alabama wins tonight. Alabama deserves to be in the playoffs. 
All right. We'll talk I'm, about that. Not, I, we will definitely get into that. And I'm, I'm not sure I disagree with you on that one, actually, either. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into dogs, I promise you. And, yes, Knowles fans, we have not forgotten about you. We will Gotta spend a heavy portion of the show talking about the Knowles and their drive to get to the playoff. And it might be difficult. It might not only just on the field, but in that playoff room when they select those teams. It might be a difficult lift for Florida State. All right, we're going to take a break here real quick. We'll come back. We're going to break down Georgia since Kirby Smart got there. We're going to get more into the SEC championship game. We're going to hit Florida State, obviously, in the ACC championship game. We'll talk about the one coming up at noon, Texas and Oklahoma State. And Texas can make a statement and then essentially a standalone game at noon because nobody else watches those other American Conference or whatever conference championships you're watching now. (laughs) It's all about the Big 12 at noon. All right, it's a Saturday kickoff brought to you by Bueller Air Conditioning and our friends at Sonny's Real Pit Barbecue on 1010XL. The Bueller Air Conditioning Saturday Checkoff brought to you by Sunny's Barbecue on 1010XL. All right, we're about 36 minutes from kick in the Big 12 championship game there in Dallas. Very, very excited about that. Yes. That starts this wonderful day, this championship week. Championship weekend, it's everything, man. Everything in college football. Excited about that. We're going to get into the Knowles in the second hour, I promise you. We're also going to get into uh, your Florida Gators, who they're all jumping ship now, and it may get worse. Mm. Right now you've yeah. got uh, Max Brown, who started your last game at quarterback. He's in the portal. Yep. Jason Odom, which is interesting to me, a legacy player. His dad, of I course. Didn't. Yeah. His dad. Jason is the dad. Um, right, Jason? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jason's Jason the dad. Yeah. I, I covered Jason. I can't remember that. Yes. Jason was a an elite, the two time All American, I believe, tackle oh, in Florida. Uh, unbelievable, yeah, yeah unbelievable he's a really good yep. player. His son, Jonathan, has also entered the transfer portal, and the biggest one I think of the of the group. That's that's tough because he's a legacy, and you think, wow, that kid is leaving Florida. Yeah, um, Caleb Douglas, who I think is a is a legit player, fantastic player. Yeah, and I think he's gonna go somewhere and just light it up. Yeah, like he's he's got all kind of skill. Yeah, so they and lost you know, him. Yeah, I mean, there's and there's more to talk about. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to talk about the the grill in the room. Let's but save a, that to yeah, second yeah, hour. Yeah. Just <laughs> save that and let every because yeah, you're yeah. keyed in there. Yeah, you know people there. You are keyed into the collective. Yeah. So there's more to come, people. Unfortunately, if you're a Gator fan, hang around for second hour. And Shannon's going to break that down as well. All right. I told Georgia fans, and, and you're probably driving around out there, dog fans, thinking we're the number one team in the nation. What are you talking about, Alabama? I know the George fans. I get, I get you guys. Okay. <laughs> and before we go any further, by the way, I like an idiot. I did it again this week. I forgot to remind everyone at the end of the first segment to call Rob, our esteemed producer, six four one ten ten. If you want to try and beat Shannon and I to get that sweet sunny swag bag that's got some free entrees in it, maybe a football, and I think one of them's got like a nice one of those like uh, Yeti tumblers. I don't know yeah, if it's a Yeti, yeah. but it's a nice. Tumbler. Oh, it's a really nice yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth caller. Rob will take the fourth caller. You all can pick against us, and we're not giving them away anymore. All right? Last week was a rare. Last week was a rare thing. No more giveaways. No more. We, don't, we love you, but no more love, right? You no more win. holiday spirit. You got you nope. to bring it. No man. second place trophies. You got to win. You got to bring it. All right, so we broke down Alabama and, and just the life under Nick Saban and what it was like. Um, Kirby's brief tenure in Athens, okay, since the first season – when he had to, you know, basically clean house and figure out who was who was invested and who wasn't. A year later, in 2017, 
they blew a double-digit lead and lost in overtime in the national championship game on a second and 26 prayer from Tua to Devonta Smith. That's how close Georgia was to winning the national title in year two under Kirby. 2018, blew a double-digit lead again to Alabama. Lost the SEC championship game. And that super sub Jalen Hurts in that game. And lost a chance to reach the playoff. They'd have won that game, they'd have been the playoff. And quite frankly, yeah, might have won that playoff game. Yeah. Might have, might have beaten Clemson. You never sure, know. For sure. 2019, lost to LSU. We talked about LSU, the greatest college football team in the modern era. Lost to LSU in the SEC championship game. Did not advance to the playoff. 2020, lost to Alabama and Florida and missed the SEC championship game. 2021, won the national title. 2022, won the national title. And now 2023, unbeaten, headed into the SEC championship game with a chance to do the unthinkable, win three straight national championships for the first time in college football history since Minnesota in the 40s. And here's the thing about that, too. Not only is it impressive because it's been such a long time since it's been done, but you have to remember, in the 70s, really it started... It really started to narrow down like the 80s, but in the 70s, 60s, 50s, there were eight, nine, ten different people who crowned national yeah, champions right, in college football. Right. So you could, and Alabama knows this, and I know all you Alabama fans, fans out there know this because they claim like about 100. Um, you, you could claim national championships from anyone and get to three in a row. Yeah. And no one did. So that's how dominant this run from Georgia is, not only because of that, but because we are in the middle of dramatic seismic change in college football with the transfer portal, with NIL, with free player movement, and they're still doing it. And it's not like Georgia's supplementing. They're, they're getting a couple players from the portal, like a Dominic Lovett, okay? They're not building their team around the portal like Mike Norvell had to do until he's now recruiting really well high schools, by the way. But they're not, they're not doing it through the portal. He's doing it organically which is even more impressive. And now they're, they're, they're rolling, Shannon. They, they get to big games. And this is the thing I love about Georgia is the second half of the season, we've talked about this now for the last month, the second half of the season since the 2021 season, and really starting with the Florida game and the cocktail party, man, they get serious. They get serious, and they start really wearing down people. And it was 23 points a game. They averaged, averaged beating opponents by 23 points a game. That was a couple weeks ago. It might even be higher than that after what happened with Ole Miss. Although maybe a little lower after the Georgia Tech game, though. But, they, I mean, they're, they're so good right now, Shannon. They're so good at getting on the field. And when it looks like something might happen, bang, the switch is flipped. You know, I'm not the biggest Georgia fan. I think anybody that's talked <laughs> to me or that knows me knows that Georgia's always been uh, the biggest rival for me when I played at Florida. Never lost to them. So you can say it's not a rivalry, but it is because there's so much on the line when you play a, a team like that. That's so good. You want to beat them, right? Um, but for what Kirby Smart has done, I'm going to speak realism now. I'm going to speak truth. For what Kirby Smart's done at that program since he's gotten there, let's forget about the fact that, you know, what he's been able to turn over the roster his first year. I, I think he came in with a well-conceived plan. I think he created almost like a blueprint, Matt, for what teams want to do for long-term sustainability. Right, uh, you can Nick's talk, blueprint. Yeah, that's <laughs> to be, exactly to be honest, what yeah. it is. It, that's exactly what it is, and I'm I'm so impressed by it, you talk about. I, I I appreciate and I understand the college football playoff championships that he's won, 
but I love the fact of what he's been able to do in this era. And nobody realizes how tough it is to recruit in this era because you're going to have to drop a bag. You're going to have to drop money to recruit. Yeah. People don't understand that, hey, on top of that, you have to keep your current players happy. There's been guys that have hopped into the portal in good situations and said, hey, look, I'm looking to capital, maximize my, my profit, my profit value, my, my NIL value, right? Good team. So you have to be on a good team. You have to be able to have some sort of a happy middle ground between recruiting, happy middle ground between keeping your current players happy. And Kirby's been able to do that. It's not like – listen, Georgia has – just as much money as a Florida, as a Michigan, as a you know, as a Texas A&M. Yeah. But they've been able to kind of connect the dots to where it makes sense for their program to not do anything outside the parameters where it's going to end up messing up whatever crea- Kirby's created. And he's been able to put together a competent, really well-conceived plan on a football field. Like, dominant. Like, you don't dominate. And you look take, take a look at teams around the country, right? You see these upsets that happen on Saturday. Is it really an upset? Or is it that these players have gone to other schools, these other schools have started to get better? Um, Georgia's just been the outlier, and I hate that because whenever you're doing a test, whenever you were in your your high school classroom or whenever you're in your college course, and it was always that one person that did better than everybody else, right? right? right. They, they scored a 98 while everybody else was scoring in the 60s. <laughs> and, I, and Georgia's that outlier. They're, they're that team, and everybody wants that blueprint. Everybody's like, hey, I would love to sit in a room, every college coach in America – Every high school coach in America said, hey, I'd love to sit in a room with Kirby Smart and just pick his brain because whatever he's done, it's just been unbelievable. And it's it's been fun to watch. When we look back at this, Matt, 5, 10, 15 years from now, this is going to be one of those things that defines the era of college football because it's just been so fun. It's been so cool. Shannon, if they win the national title again this year, <laughs> I mean, that's – I don't think people realize the enormity of that. Three straight national championships. That's like Yankees stuff. That's what that's yeah. that's like, you know, rare, rare, rare air is what it is. And, it, and it's especially considering all they've gone through this past offseason with all the nonsense and the, the problems with the guy speeding and, and allegations here and allegations there and a player dying and a staffer dying. And yeah. I, I'm not minimizing that at all. But, man, that's a lot for a team that has already climbed the mountain twice. That's a lot. To not be distracted by that team, and and it's I just think it's remarkable how they've responded. Yeah, you're right. I, it's it's one it's been one of the most remarkable things in college football. We talk about all the offseason problems, and even Kirby being um, chastised and talked about, and you know, hey, is this gonna be like the disintegration of his program? It hasn't been. He's just gotten better. He's gotten better, Matt. And that's just when you're really good and you're at the top of the mountain, you get better. That's just scary for everybody else. Yeah. All right, we're going to bring Mike Griffith on in the next segment. He's going to break down the SEC championship game. we got a lot going on today. We've got still got a lot of Knowles talk to get into with the ACC championship game, and can the Knowles get into the playoff just by beating Louisville? Is it the best four teams or the best four deserving teams? Yeah. I said the four deserving teams are the four best, and we clearly know that the playoff says it's the four best, but – there has never in the history of the playoff been an unbeaten Power 5 champion that has been left out of the playoff. So that's got to be something that's got to be looked at. And that and that's that's what they're dealing with right now in that swanky suburban Dallas hotel there, what they're talking about and what they're going over and what they're going to go over the whole night before they make their final vote tomorrow. All right, it's Saturday kickoff brought to you by Bueller Air Conditioning and Sonny's Real Pit Barbecue here on 1010XL. <laughs> The Bueller Air Conditioning Saturday Kickoff brought to you by Sunny's Barbecue on 1010XL. 
All right, we're 20 minutes from kick the Big 12 championship game, Texas and Oklahoma State. Now, let me tell you something, okay? Me, Shannon, and Rob, the producer, in this one room in the last two minutes, and we're throwing all kind of playoff scenarios out. What oh if, what gosh, if, what yes. if? <laughs> what do you think those people are doing in that swanky <laughs> Dallas Suburban Hotel right now? And they're talking about it. And believe me, it's not easy. You start looking at all different factors in this thing, it is not easy. To, to say, okay, yeah, they're in, definitely. They're definitely in. Why not? They're definitely in. The thing I do know, the thing I do know, before we, before we get to Mike Griffith, is if Jordan Travis was healthy, FSU could beat anybody. FSU yeah. could beat anyone. Yeah. Definitely. So, and, th- and that's the shame of it all, that, that, that FSU's running into this thing without the star quarter. It would be like Georgia running there without Carson Beck or Alabama without Jalen Milrow or, or Washington without Michael Penix or Michigan without J.J. McCarthy. It's just not – it's unfortunate – but that's the reality of it, and and it's it's a tough, tough pill to swallow. And I love the Florida, Florida State, State fans. Hey, listen, I listen, I I understand where you're at with this. I mean, you you win every game, and I totally understand. But playoff commit, they have to take into account that your leader, your star quarterback, is now out. Now you're down to your third screen string quarterback, even Rodemaker, who's I don't think he's playing today, but he, he's out. So now you're down to your third string quarterback headed into the playoffs. There's no, there's no difference between he and Brock Lyon. They're the same player, basically. So I'm, 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 not, I'm not, I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, even, I still think he may play. So, but even if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're the same player, those two quarterbacks. They're just young guys that are trying to do the right thing and not, not blow up, basically. All right, let's bring him in, man. Let's do it. I could just see Griff like walking out stage, you know, like old <laughs> AEW. You know, this is his walkout Some song. Some pyro That's going right. on in the background. That's right. This is who I am. Griff, good morning, man. Morning, What's Griff. going on? Morning, guys. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Hey, um, we've been talking about it, Georgia, and just the rare, just the, the the rare stretch of seasons that they're putting together right now. Um, before we get into before we get into the X's and O's, we definitely want to break down this game X's and O's with you because you're fantastic at it. Uh, I I want to I want to talk to you about something you and I have talked about uh, previously off the air, but considering everything that Georgia went through in this off season, and it wasn't easy and it and it there were some tragic obviously the loss of a player the loss of a staffer um then you go to all the the dopey things with the speeding and the reckless driving and man they just kept coming and they just were not flawed in any way on the field once it got there they just found it the offensive line got better uh, they found their running game Carson Beck got better and now here they are again and once again we're talking about an SEC coach of the year, and more than likely it's going to be Eli Drinkwitz, but how do you avoid not looking at what Kirby has done, how he held this team together, a team that, by the way, has been in the mountaintop twice already, and usually when you're that at that point, you've got a lot of different stuff going on and a lot of guys that are doing different things that they shouldn't be doing, and somehow they've held it together. How, how, looking back at this season, Griff, what are your thoughts right now? Well, I mean, that's why Kirby ought to be the coach of the year. I mean, I know you know we're this uh... – participation trophy generation where we, we just can't stand to give the first place person the big trophy. We got to find a way to go over to the little nerdy guy who tried his best and give him something for playing hard. Even though well, you Drake's just, even though you just, he's a good dude, actually. Yeah. Go well, ahead. he's a good dude, but he's not first or second. And, you know, he's not, I guess, you're right. You know, you know, and, and he didn't get it done and he had a chance to get it done at Georgia and his quarterback threw it to the wrong guy. Um, and you just laid out a really good case for why Kirby ought to get National Coach of the Year and SEC Coach of the Year. I mean, look, 2021, they had the bases covered. You know, even though USA Today 
uh, preseason all SEC team didn't have any Georgia guys first or second team on their offense or defense, uh, even though they had 15 guys drafted. Um, they made the media look stupid in 2021, but they were the best team. They were hands down the best team. I'm not saying I could have coached them or you could have coached them, but they were easily the best team in 2021. 2022 was a good coaching job, um, you know, but it was as much about, you know, a flawed TCU team and then and flawed Ryan Day, who had the best team in the playoff and didn't take advantage of it. That should have been a 2017 Alabama team, and, and Ryan Day blew it with a play call. You know, he froze up on the final drive and ran the ball when he had C.J. Stroud throwing it. Um, so, you know, but, but this year's Georgia team really, I don't, you know, I didn't even have them not ranked number one half the season. Um, and they kind of became number one by default. Other teams started falling by the wayside. I mean, Alabama and Jalen Milrow is more talented, um, but they can't get out of their own way. Um, and so Georgia's had to do it with, you know, their best player, Brock Bowers out and still injured their best receiver out for the first four games and still injured. Um, arguably their best run blocker out and still injured. Uh, their Butkus Award middle linebacker team captain on defense out won't play today, and yet we're, we're you know we're we're talking about them like you know they're that much better than they're they're not uh, they're they're out executing people they're out coaching people, but this isn't a Georgia team that just overwhelms you. In fact, in the last seven games, the other team scored the first touchdown, and you look at the odds generally, you think that would catch up to you, but they adjust, uh, they execute, and they stay poised, and that's a that's why Kirby ought to be coach of the year. And, and again, you know, um, you know, I thought about Drinkwitz, but he needs to learn how to win. He can't go out there talking shit at midfield after games and acting like a peewee coach and, and getting himself beat with, with a poor quarterback decision at Georgia when they had that game. You know, they were driving for the winning touchdown, 50-yard line. So, you know, let, let's not bend over backwards to, to give, you know, third place a trophy when you really need to honor the guy that's making history with three straight eight no seasons. I mean, how do you not win? SEC Coach of the Year, when you go 8-0, and a third straight season with all these injuries and all this offseason stuff you talked about, Matt. How do you do that? Yeah. All right, first off, first yeah. off, it's a PG show, okay? So watch that language. <laughs> Rob Rob was out of the room and he couldn't dump it, so. Every now it? and then you, every now and then you. Well, and we hear you fired up. I mean, I, listen, I, I get it. And, Not and they, really. I chose to say that word. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we always get a good one from you. So here's the thing. I totally agree with you. I think Kirby's smart. And we, I mean, Matt and I have been talking about this early in this hour, and I think what Kirby Smart has done has been just fantastic. I mean, sometimes your best team isn't your best coaching job. Um, I think this season has really showed, and, and maybe he needed that. Uh, maybe he needed that, that he needed the, the time to kind of have these teams. To, and Kirby said it best, where sometimes great players can, can win out over, over bad coaching. Maybe Kirby might have had some teams, had some moments in his past couple years that – he didn't coach his best game, but those players have been really good. But this year, you know, it's it, – and this is the one thing I always want – I want to see out of Florida moving forward. You know, I, you know, I'm a positive Billy Napier guy, but I want to be able to see competent coaching. Sometimes your players don't get it right. Sometimes the coaching needs to overcome that. Uh, we didn't see that out of Florida, but I've definitely seen this out of, out of Georgia this year. So, um, kudos. Kirby's my coach of the year. I, I totally agree. I don't think it should be anybody else. Sometimes we get victimized by – Watching somebody be so successful, you're like, hey, let's give it to the next guy because, you know, everybody needs a trophy. I'm right there with you, Griff. But at the end of the day, I, I do think Kirby has had a fantastic season. So one thing I really want you to talk about and one thing I want you to get into is what does this game play? What does this game look like tonight? What does Alabama have to do and what does yeah. Georgia have to do to win this football game tonight? Yeah, no, you're right. And, and that has been the case this year for Georgia. Um, 
it really, you know, you, you know, look at the running backs. I mean, Milton's finally coming on, but you know, who would you want on your team out of that backfield? There's nobody that, that blows your mind. Sure. So, so the game plan today, I think, is going to be a lot of quick game. Um, in terms of getting the ball out quick, I, I don't think you know they're going to have some success running it, but it's not like they're just going to line up and power it over Alabama. That ain't happening. Kendall Milton's playing really good. That's good. He's come on the last three games. I think he's got two 100-yard games this year. They've come in the last three games. They found this this former three star prospect Dylan Bell, who relatively uh, anonymous until this season, and, and was a receiver at the start of the year. And they had to move him to running back because everybody was hurt. You know, they're they're down three scholarship backs to injuries. Their number three rusher is a walk on you've never heard of named Cash Jones. It looks like you ought to be a, an extra in BJ and the Bay or something. I mean, they they really <laughs> are, are really don't have any depth. Um, and so they had to turn this wide receiver into a running back. And his name's Dylan Bell, and he plays both positions. Uh, so they'll they'll throw it to him out of the backfield quickly. But again, these aren't guys that are going to be starting on your fantasy football team. Um, you know, Lad McConkey. I, I don't think Lad's going to be Lad when he's healthy. He's their version of Christian McCaffrey, but he ain't that. His ankle's not right, I don't think. And and Bowers is not Superman. He's more Clark Kent. Um, he'll be you know concerned. You know, he'll he'll run the right routes and, and catch the ball in traffic, but he's not going to run away from people like they needed him to to beat Auburn in the last couple minutes on the plains earlier this year. So. It's a really beat-up, banged-up team. Carson's going to have to play extremely well. He's going to have to make really good decisions. You know, I love I love repeating over and over how he solves Rubik's Cube. That's like the most impressive thing to me. I don't know why I'm hung up on that. <laughs> I don't know how many people I really know that could solve it much less and less than a minute, but I, I met somebody checking in yesterday. Because we've all held it. them and tried to do it ourselves, Griff. It's, it's a very tough deal. Well, they, they say he really can do it. And I'm thinking, well, you know, if this dude can solve Rubik's Cube, then hell yeah, he can solve Nick Saban's defense. But but he's still going to have guys that get open, and and he's still going to have to run on occasion too. Now flip side, you know I, I look at Jalen Milrow and I see Anthony Richardson. I, I you know and I know that's a lot because in Florida, you know I had Gator guys telling me two years ago that this was the Michael Jordan of football, and then I had Steve Spurrier tell me this guy had more quarterback skills than anybody had ever seen, and and it'll they'll blossom in the, in the NFL uh, with the Colts over time if they can protect him. Um, but but I look at Milrow and I just I just see the upside. You know, with this guy's arm. You saw that throw. That throw was a frozen rope. Yeah, it was. yeah, it, it was. wasn't an accident. That was not a hail mary. That was not a let me throw this up there and hope. That was putting it in a box in a corner of the end zone, and that was a player uh, making a play. Right. So I mean, it was. You know, and then you see when this guy takes off, everybody else looks like they're in slow motion. You heard Kirby say he's a bigger, more physical version of Lamar Jackson. I mean, good lord, is there a bigger compliment than that? I mean, they. When I asked him to compare him to Tebow, he's like, yeah, no offense, but Tebow ain't nothing. You know, it's kind of like that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Tim Tebow, didn't he go like, he still got the record for SEC touchdowns. He got like 100 touchdowns. I mean, let's just, oh, yeah, yeah, Tebow doesn't compare to this guy. This guy, this guy's a redshirt sophomore that hadn't won anything. And we're already putting him on a level above Tim Tebow. I mean, holy cow. So even Tim yesterday, when I asked him about it, he laughed. And, of course, you know, he's modest. He's, he's never going to brag on himself. But. Um, but but can Milrow have that that leadership? Uh, can he? You know, I, I'm never going to put this kind of level of Tebow. Sorry, it's way too early for right. that. But can he have a Tebow like game? Uh, absolutely, his upside is tremendous. He already went for over what 100 yards against LSU. Run the ball, scored three or four touchdowns, mm-hmm. and um, you know this guy's blossoming at the right time. I mean, this guy could literally have a Heisman. He could steal the Heisman Trophy. He could steal it because not enough people know about Michael Penix, which is really sad. And how did that guy ever get out of the state of Florida, by the way? Right. Topic for another day. Um, but this guy could really – or or he could turn it over two or three times and they could lose by two touchdowns. It's, yeah. it's that big of a margin. So 
I, I hear you. I understand everything you're saying. Believe me, I started the program with this wonderful soliloquy about Alabama, and why do we ever doubt this guy, man? Why do we doubt Saban? And I keep looking at this game, man, and tell me if I'm wrong, okay? I keep looking at this game. I keep looking at common opponents. I keep watching Alabama over and over, and Georgia for that matter, since you know, since the cocktail party, because that's what they do, man. They turn it up in the second half of the season. And I don't know how Alabama, how Alabama stays within 10 points of them. But again, I'm the same idiot who thought Oregon would blow out Washington last night. But I look right. at this game and and really see like a Georgia, like a 31-17 game, you know? Like a game where Georgia, it's a, it's a rather comfortable game. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I mean, I don't know that you're wrong. I, I don't know that I'm right. I, I know that when I sat there at Auburn last week, and you know they got the press box in the end zone, which, you know, has it does have the advantage of the way you see the games a little bit different. And, and I swear, it, it, there was a dozen times where if Milroe decided to tuck it, he had 10 or 15 yards if he wanted it. Like, right. it's just there. It's like it's just there for you. If you want it, here it is. Run 10 or 12 yards and go out of bounds. Take it's the free. profit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I just, I, it was there the whole game. And, and how Alabama made it go, you know, it, you know, yeah, we talk about the Milroe miracle, but we don't talk about the terrible coaching and execution that led to them having to win on a last-second play. Sure. They were three or four touchdowns better than Auburn. But they played terrible. Milrow ran past the line of scrimmage on a couple. I mean, this guy makes you pull your hair out. But what are you going to do? You can't. You can't pull him out. You can't put. I mean, you just you got to play him because he has got so much talent and upside. And if this guy makes good decisions today, it, it's going to be tough. So here's your your Florida plan. If you're or if you're Georgia, you try to keep this guy in the pocket. You don't let him. But he's like, oh, I don't know why you just don't rush this guy because then he beats you with his feet. Stupid. You got to make this guy beat you with with you know his judgment and, and his decision making and and that you know how many of those throws in the bucket is he going to make right you, that's that was exactly the right thing to do it drives me crazy how many people don't understand that you don't let a running quarterback beat you with his feet you make him beat you with his arm and with his decision making and so that's what George will do I think they'll you know they'll pick their spots to blitz and keep him off balance but you keep this guy trapped in the pocket and you say okay let's see if your receivers you know can can beat. Uh, our, our DBs, because that's the strength of Georgia's team. I mean, Devontae Smith ain't coming out that tunnel today, and, and you know neither is you know some of those other elite right. wide receivers that you know Julio Jones, all these guys. They're not they're not there. I mean, Jermaine Burton's pretty doggone good, but but he's not a first round wide receiver. They don't have a first. Round, I don't believe they have a first round wide receiver. They don't so. have a guy that scares you, basically. No, they don't not, not like they yeah, have in the so, past. So so that's so that's the now flip side. Matt is let's say Milrow decides to run, and and you know like Timmy was talking about yesterday, they. They run what looks like a, re- a zone read. It's really not a zone read. It's the quarterback run the whole way. Right. And the running back's the extra blocker. So, um, gosh, in here, I thought you guys were going to ask me about if Trevor Etienne was going to end up at Georgia. Jeez, I thought we were going to have all sorts of fun with him. <laughs> second hour. We're going to second hour. We can't talk about I'm depressed man. enough as is, Griff. <laughs> uh, and, and here's the thing is that ultimately I think you're right. I think, you know, they're going to have some design stuff. Alabama knows. And this is the thing that's so fun to watch about two of these teams is that when they put their minds to it, they 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 generally remind you of a um, uh, of a Bill Belichick who's gonna they're gonna take away your best option, right? They're yeah. gonna you know George, you know Kirby's gonna take away the fact that that Milrow's gonna try to run. They're gonna have a bunch of design runs, but on the opposite end, you know you know that Nick Saban is gonna force Carson Beck to beat him. He's gonna force yeah. Carson Beck to say, "Hey, look, you you want to be the guy? You've been the guy all season." Let's see what your arm can do. And I think Alabama is better on the back end than they have been up front historically. So I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see how this plays out. So if, if, if you're betting, man, how do you see this game playing out? Do you see Georgia well, walking away with the SEC title? 
Yeah, you know, it's 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 scary because, you know, you know, Prevec, you know, and this is why I took Washington last night. The way that line moved with all that money going on Oregon. Right. You know, those guys in Vegas, you know, they they got, you know, castles and fountains because the public's dumb and they're smarter and just like Matt bit on it and I would have bitten on it except I watched how the line moved three points. I said, "Boy, that's a lot of money for Vegas to lose if Oregon covers." And they just don't do that. They just don't lose. And this game the lines moved a couple points. Not enough not enough to make me think that that the the movement of the line be, because there's there's so many so many black helicopters circling right now in terms of what you want in the playoff picture and how they prefer things to go and where the flag might fly if you're into all that kind of stuff versus what Vegas wants. I mean, wow, it's getting deep. But if you just break it down to football, Georgia's been the more consistent team. Period. And Kirby said that he thought, and I agree with this. He thought that this was going to be a game of momentum swings. And Georgia has handled that well. They've, they've taken a punch. They've proven they could take in a punch. And, and the fact that they've trailed in seven straight games um, and, and you know been able to shake that off. Um, who was it? Peter Burns said he compared them to a military sniper. Their heart rate doesn't go over 55. I thought that was a pretty good analogy. I mean, this is a pretty season. And, and that's Carson Beck. That's Carson Beck who, who doesn't have the pulse, by the way. So that's a credit to him and, and the big-time football he played in high school and the patience and the resiliency um, you know, Carson, the Carson Beck story, guys, and Matt knows this, that story could have gone a lot of different ways. Oh, yeah. and I mean, a lot of different ways. And and you're seeing other quarterbacks that have had, there's a lot of quarterback stories out there. I'm not going to get into them. There's a lot of quarterback stories out there that have gone off the rails. This guy could have gone off the rails. The fact that he stuck it out and the fact that he's wearing, uh, you know, $5,000 suits and looking like a first round pick that's got Georgia wanting to give him millions of dollars to stay. Now he's got Georgia by the you-know-what, because you don't want me to say it. But after being three years on, stuck on the bench. Well, you could say onions. You just can't say the four-letter words, man. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, the fact that this guy was stuck on the bench and, and, and you know, criticized for three years because he didn't make a tackle on a pick he threw against UAB, you talk about fortunes turning. So I'm going to go with the Carson Beck story today. Okay. All right, good. Real quick before you go, uh, and we appreciate all your work this year, man. Yeah, man. Fantastic job. Get, get, just picks. Just real quick, give me who's winning. Texas, Oklahoma State. Texas, but they don't cover. All right. Michigan against Iowa. They, you don't even need to ask. Yeah, Do they cover? Uh, yeah. All right. FSU, Louisville. This Marcus, uh, Marcus Altson, 2.5. Right. That right. The rooster. Quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who the third string quarterback is. Exactly. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going black helicopter theory on you. I'm, I'm going with Louisville. All right. What about Georgia? What about the dogs and the tide, man? You taking I the think, dogs? I think I again. I, I go with Georgia, and and then, and then as far as the Trevor Etienne thing, which I guess Florida people don't want to hear, he has to throw this he, in. He, you're, yeah. you're ruining Shannon's stuff, man. Shannon's getting ready to do this in a second. Now, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I go mean, ahead. the guy wants to leave Florida. I mean, this is the problem with keeping Napier. But you know, the Florida's you know they've thrown down the gauntlet. They're keeping Billy Napier. They're going to change some things on the staff. But <laughs> if they lose Trevor Etienne, this is this is going to be one of those moments in time everybody learns from. All right, brother. We appreciate Thank it. You, Have a great time, all right? Have a good one, guys. All right, See you, Griff. We, we are going to get into that with Florida <laughs> and, and Trevor Etienne. I promise you we will, okay? And we will also get into the Knowles because unlike the team in Gainesville that has won 11 games in their last 25 under, under Billy Napier, this team has won 19 straight in Tallahassee, and they're playing for a playoff spot. Whether it happens or not, whether you know the smoke comes out of the chimney there in Suburban Dallas, and it becomes FSU as the four seed. We don't know yet, but we can hope. Yeah. We can always hope. All right, it's Saturday kickoff, brought to you by Bueller Air Conditioning and Sunny's Real Pit Barbecue here on 1010XL. <laughs>
It's the Bueller Air Conditioning Saturday Kickoff. Brought to you by Sonny's Barbecue on 1010XL. One hour down, one hour to go here on the Saturday Kickoff Show. It's championship week, baby. It's the last weekend of the regular season in the college football. The last show, the last Saturday kickoff show. We got an hour to go. We got a lot to get into. We are talking Knowles. We finished up Alabama, Georgia. We might circle back for a couple final thoughts before we make the picks. But this is Florida State and Florida time. More, more to the point, Florida State time. Because, and I said this early in the first hour, and I truly, truly believe this. If Jordan Travis is healthy, I think Florida State can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's unfortunate that Florida State is in this position. Um, but you're also at the point, if you're Florida State, you go in that championship game against Louisville, a pretty good Louisville team. Obviously, a little, sh- a little shine is off Louisville because of the loss to Kentucky. Had they beaten Kentucky and you're looking at a one-loss Louisville, um, then you're kind of saying, all right, all right, then it's, you know, it's a little more oomph, I guess, is the best way to look at it. Now, not so much. But if Florida State goes in there with, I don't care who's playing quarterback, Rodermaker um, or Glenn, I don't care who it is. If Florida State goes in there and they win that game, like, I don't know, 27-7, 27-10, if it's, if it's like a, a game where you're like, yeah, okay, you can clearly see this is a good team. It's a much better team, clearly, with Jordan Travis. It's going to be very hard for that committee to look at this Florida State team that has then won 20 straight games, won their conference, unbeaten, Power 5 champion, and I know it's the four best teams. I get that, okay? I totally get that. It's the four best teams. But I want to take you back to 2014, okay? When a certain blue blood lost its starting quarterback in the last game of the season in a huge rivalry game. And JT Barrett goes down, and Cardell Jones comes in. And they go to the Big Ten Championship game against Wisconsin, and they blow out Wisconsin. And guess what? Ohio State jumps both TCU and Baylor, and they get in at number four. And then they play Alabama in the first game in the semifinals in the New Orleans Superdome. It was the Superdome then. I was there covering that game. And they just said, you know what? Our best player is Ezekiel Elliott, and we're going to run all over Alabama. And that's exactly what they did. And then they got to the championship game, and they said, you know what? Our best player is Ezekiel Elliott. We're going to run all over Oregon. And that's exactly what they did. And Zeke had, in those two games, he had over almost 500 yards rushing in those two games. And they won the national championship. And Ohio State was really good on defense, a lot like Florida State. And really talented on offense, a lot like Florida State. They just didn't have their starting quarterback. So if you're the committee and you're thinking about this, okay, and you're looking at this realistically, if you look at Florida State, how could Florida State not do the same thing? Mm. How could you not? If you're willing to forgive Alabama against Auburn in that game last week where Alabama needed the prayer, to win that game. If you're willing to just say, oh, it's a rivalry game. Just a rivalry game, that's all. Why aren't you willing to, willing to say, oh, it's a rivalry game in Gainesville? That's why it was close. What if Florida State wins like 27-7? What if they win 30-3? to What if they just give it to Benson? He runs all over everybody. What if they just throw the quick screens to Keon Coleman? And he scores. 
What if they get a special teams touchdown or a defense touchdown? How do you keep them out of the playoff? How do you not know they're not one of the four best teams? That's kind of my point with this is I don't I, I think we're all too focused on Jordan Travis, who's a hell of a player, a Heisman worthy player, okay? Look at Florida State. They've got dudes all over the field. This is not just Jordan Travis. It's Keon Coleman. It's Wilson. It's Jaheim Bell. It's that offensive line. It's Benson. It's the defense, the linebackers, the way they run. Verse. Fisk. Cypress at, at corner. They've got dudes on that team. I, I just think we're all just like, you know, just throwing this away and just blowing it off because they lost their quarterback. They are full of guys that are going to play in the NFL on that team. That's why I think if you're in that committee in Dallas, man, you have to take a legitimate look at this team. You can't just say just because Jordan Travis is out, they're not one of the four best teams. I just I refuse to believe that. Uh, I kind of beg to differ. Listen, I like what Florida State has done all season. I've been a fan of what Mike Norvell has done uh, coaching-wise, how he's been able to put this team together. Um you know, there's there's a lot of components to this Florida State team that's gonna give that gives people problems. But if you're taking the sample size, Matt, you're taking the sample size of what Florida State is. After post Jordan Travis injury, mm-hmm. they played a Florida team. All right, that was not very good defensively. They were not very good defensively, and they unless you could say they hit lightning in the bottle, they played better than Swamp. You know, Florida was hitting on all cylinders. Florida's defense is not good. You've been very vocal about that. We've seen them. The games have been played. Florida's defense is not good. And I mean, you saw State, what New Mexico State did to Auburn, right? You uh, saw that. I did that. Uh, absolutely. Right. But in the same breath is that it was a terrible game for Florida State offensively. Terrible. Until a guy named Trey Benson decided to take the ball in his hands and run. run. But who's to say that Louisville knows that, hey, we are going to stop Florida State's running game. One way to stop a team that has a rookie quarterback at the helm is to take away the running game, especially if the running game is, is worth its salt, right? And I think that's kind of going to play into the problem tonight. The game still has to get played tonight. Let's not take away from the fact that Florida State can't go into this game tonight. I know a lot of no fans are saying, well, we're, you know, we, we're going to win. If we win the football game, we won. No, that, that doesn't play into it, right? Herb Street, as much as I, I don't like his crap, and we know he wants his Ohio State team in, and we know he wants him to jump. He wants you Ohio know that. State we in, all know okay? this, right? <laughs> but in the same breath, as he makes a legit point is that even when these teams get to the college football playoff, should I, do I think TCU belonged in last year? Uh, that's, you know, the Max Dugan story was great. It was, you know, it was great for college football. They made it to the finals. They got annihilated by Georgia. I still think there were better teams that belonged there. But you can't have that repeat this year, right? You cannot because of the fact of Florida State, Jordan Travis was what that Florida State, he embodied what that what this Florida State team has been this year. He's embodied it. He's been their leader. He's been their 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 leader on the field, off the field. He's been one of those guys that you talk about replacing a guy. You know, Jaden Daniels at LSU. I don't think there's any other player other than him means more to their team than what Jordan Travis meant to Florida State. Now that whole narrative could change today. Florida State could go out and play. I'm a Jared Verse fan. What he did last week to our tackles was off the page, right? Good defense. I mean, they're good on the back end. Uh, they got guys all over the field, but. We talk about the best player on the field. It's not Trey Benson. It's Keon Coleman. And who's getting that ball to him? You don't even know. I don't even know. Matter of fact, kickoff is in a couple of hours. We don't even know that. Because the guy that led you through for, for this 12-0 season, he's not there. Cardell Jones is not walking out of a tunnel for it. They don't have a Cardell Jones as a backup quarterback. I mean, I mean, to be fair, Brock Glenn's a four-star quarterback. He's easy. He was an elite quarterback. Okay, uh, we're not gonna t- we're not gonna say he's Cardell Jones because he's walking into an <laughs> ACC championship game against a pretty good Louisville team that just got beat up the previous week by Kentucky. 
right? Shouldn't have lost that game or else they'll be in the conversation for a playoff, right? Got beat up. They're like, hey, this is going to be our kind of – well, not really, but we know what it is. I mean, they're 11-1. and one Right. They, they win. But they're walking into that room and saying, hey, we know what's going to happen. They're licking their chops because they're going to send the gate, just like the Gators did last week. You're going to send every – Every guy at the end, you're, you're going to force that quarterback to make decisions on the run. You're going to make make sure Florida State can't run the football. It could happen tonight, Matt. It could happen that Florida State ends up winning this football game. Conceivably, they should. Matter of fact, what's the line? It's it's, it's one Florida, and a half. One and a, it's one now. It's they moved one it out. Now? Of, it's one. So wow. say you pick Louisville, pick, you pick basically. Florida. It's an even matchup. Right. This is Vegas. Vegas is generally right. They don't want to lose money. I don't think unless Florida State goes into this game tonight. And they blow out. I mean, they they put it they put it on Louisville, which they could, but they got they got to make a case for them saying, even though you're twelve and zero, even though you guys have done what you were supposed to do throughout the season, sometimes in, these injuries happen. And when these injuries happen, and when you have a star player, a player that's so focal to your football team goes down, the playoff committee has to take that into 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 consideration. If you don't go in and blow out Louisville and you keep this game close, you win by a field goal, you don't cover whatever you want to put into that conversation. Do they really belong in the playoffs? My answer is, mm, may, depending on the other games, maybe not. Okay, so then let me ask you this. Let's say they beat Louisville 28, like 13 or 14, and it's mm-hmm. really not close. Okay. It's, I mean, it's, sure. it's, it's, it's not even close. Sure. They, they've won the game, and it's Louisville scores later something. Then what? Does Alabama beat Georgia? There's so many scenarios because so, so, it's not an automatic end. You, and okay, so, it, it depends on what some of these other teams no, that, look that's like. That's my question. So okay. my question is for you then, for you then, and again, if you want to give us your, your – your, you know, in, fact, in fact, let's do this, okay? Give us your best four. If Florida State wins by more than two touchdowns tonight, okay? Yep. Text us at 641-1010. Give us your best four. Best if four. Florida State wins by more than two touchdowns. And I don't care what anyone else does. Just if Florida State wins by more than two touchdowns, okay? Okay. So I'm going to ask you, we got, we're going to go to Dave here real quick online, but I want to ask you real quick before we go to Dave. Forget about anything else. If Florida State wins 28-13, what do you do? 28-13? All right, let's say all the games play out like we think they're going to play out. No, no, forget about any other game. Okay, so your best four teams. Florida State wins 20, okay? Number one, Georgia's in. All right. Uh, Washington's in. Mm-hmm. Michigan's in. There's one more left. I feel you got to put Texas in. Okay. Right. I feel you have to put Texas in. All right, and, that's fair. And, and, and you know what, Florida State fans, I got to be half and half on this one. I'm not 100% sure. You can make a case for both. For me personally, it's going to be Texas. Just because of the overall body of work and the big and what Texas has done, I'd, I'd have to make it Texas. All right, we got some responses coming in on the text line again, 641-1010. If the Knowles win, if, if they win by two touchdowns or more, what do you do? Forget about anything else. Are the Knowles in? All right, let's go to Dave real quick. Dave, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, first of all, thanks for the uh, Sunnies. I just got back uh, picking up ribs for the games. Yes, nice. sir. Thank well you. done, man. Well done. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, fourth and 31. It's, it's uh, as Greg Larson used to say on his radio show, uh, I needed a, 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 a almost a case of salve to right. put on that wound. Right, uh, right. It, it, I'm just still, I cannot understand how the hell that happened. Uh, I mean, how? Why didn't they just put the entire defense in the end zone, Dave? Is, everybody, I, you you literally stick you literally stick seven guys at the goal line. 
your highest. And you I, I don't know. And the tallest players. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. But but uh, you know it happens, so that's the way it goes. But uh, and one other thing, uh, real quick, uh, CBS leaving the SEC this year. I know a lot of people don't like uh, Gary Danielson. It seems like I've actually liked him. I love and, Gary uh, Danielson. Yeah, Gary Danielson yeah awesome. I think yeah, I think people go at him when he disagrees with a call against their team or something. You know? Right. All right, uh, Dave, real quick. I know you're not an old fan. Uh, if the Noles win by two touchdowns or more, who? and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about any other game, Dave. No other games. If the Noles win by two touchdowns or more, are they worthy? Yes, yes. That's the scenario. If they put a pound pounding on Louisville, which they could. I mean, if it happened, if they beat them 31 to 10, they're in. If they beat them 14 to 13, it can get dicey. All right, brother. Thanks for calling, man. We appreciate it. I mean, he, he makes a legit point. I mean, if it's one of those games that Florida State absolutely dominates them, yeah, I don't know if you can leave them out. That's just – they're good. That, I don't know if you can leave them out. I, I don't. But I think it has to be a convincing, solid, concrete – even an offensive performance. You know what I love? I'm, I'm already changing your mind. That's what I love. God. So, God. And this is literally within like five or ten minutes. And imagine what that committee's going through, bro. You've got like 13 different people on that committee. They all have different ideas of what they think should and shouldn't be. They all have different weights. I, I, I give this more weight. I give that more weight. God, and man. we talk about this all the time is, is when it comes to that last vote, you know, all the previous votes are all about, well, look what this game, they beat this team, their strength of schedule's better, their conference strength of schedule's better, their game control's better, game control, their game control's better. Um, at the end of the day, the last vote is eye test. It's all eye test. That's why when when Ohio State beat Wisconsin like 50, what was it, 53 to nothing or yeah. something, they crushed them with Cardell Jones. The, the committee was clearly like, all right, well, that's a really good team that the court lost the quarterback didn't affect them. That's why I think if you... If you're willing to say, okay, the Auburn game was the rivalry game, why would you not say, okay, the Florida game, like Auburn game on the road, Florida game in Gainesville, why is that not the rivalry game? And then we'll just go and see what happens now. We'll also go and see what happens when this guy has a full week of prep in front of him, full two weeks of prep in front of him, whether it's Tate or not, okay? It could be Brock Glenn. He'll have prep and be ready to go at the very least. Um, I, I just I look at that and I think, man, you cannot discount this. You cannot go into this into this day today, and it automatically discount Florida State because Jordan it, Travis it, isn't playing. And you know where, Matt? I'm just sitting here thinking. You see me? I'm thinking through this. I'm throwing my hands up. I'm like, man, I just I can imagine being a voter sitting in that that right? that hotel. I just couldn't imagine. Right? Here's the thing where it comes down to, and I think you're I, I actually do think you're 100 right. Florida State hasn't done anything wrong. They've won every game that they've been put in. They've won every single football game, and regardless of what happened to Jordan Travis, while tragic, uh, regardless, of that, they weren't responsible for that. They've won every football game. If they win every football game this season, including the ACC championship, they deserve to be in. They have to. They so, just, I mean, that's just, it's not fair. It's just what they signed up for. When you right. sign up for something, if you win every football game you're in, okay, we won every football game we're in. That's what it's got to be. So let, let me say this real quick, and I wanted to say that because I, don't, I didn't want anything clouding it, okay? And I know we need to go to a break, Rob. Just hang on. I don't want anything clouding it, okay? But if Texas loses and Florida State wins, I don't care how they win. They're in. Yeah. You're, you're not keeping Florida State, a Power 5 conference champion, out of the playoff to put Ohio State in there. No, you can't. It's not happening, no. okay? No chance that happens. And I know Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit will be on there screaming about Ohio State. You are not putting Ohio State in that game. They had their chance to win to get in. They didn't. Okay? So 
There's you, you and that's end end of the year chance. Last game of the of the regular season chance, not even championship weekend. Now, that said, seven nothing Texas already in the Big Twelve Championship. Game. That thing could get very ugly. <laughs> it could very quickly. All right, we need to go to break. It's Saturday kickoff brought to you by Bueller Air Conditioning and our friends at Sunny's Real Pit Barbecue on Ten Ten XL. It's the Bueller Air Conditioning Saturday Kickoff, brought to you by Sonny's Barbecue on 1010XL. All right, we're back on the kickoff show. It's 7-0 Texas in the Big 12 Championship game. It's 3-0 Miami over Toledo for all you MAC folks out there who are fired up about the MAC Championship game being played right now. I'm Matt Hayes. He's Shannon Snell, former Gators All-American, and because he's the Florida Gators, former Florida Gator All-American, and Sonny's... Real Pit Barbecue Pitmaster, by the way. Um, Shannon's also connected to the Florida Collective. So Shannon has some insight on what's going on as far as not only recruiting and what it kind of takes to land these kids, but also the current roster. And I think this has to be addressed, Shannon, because, look, you are now at a situation where, where it clearly looks like they've, they're keeping Billy Napier unless something mm-hmm. happens. and. Yeah. Unless, you know, they're waiting to see if Ohio State gets in or gets out and then they make a run at Ryan Day. Who knows? Who knows? I don't think that's going to happen. Just throwing that out there. I don't think it's going to happen. Okay? <laughs> um, it looks like they're keeping him. So now it's it's going to be as much of protecting the roster that you have, yeah. including the young guys who you're, you know, the, you're, you are all in on these young guys. And Billy Napier is all in on these young guys, not both on the roster and the recruiting class. So it's it's a it's a matter of keeping your young dudes, and those young dudes include Trevor Etienne, mm-hmm. the the elite tailback, and he is elite. Um, Trey Wilson, the elite receiver, and he is elite. I mean, those those two dudes on on any major SEC team or Big Ten team, um, ooh, that would be fun to watch. Yeah, anyway, it'd be, be, be a lot of fun. Okay, yes. so then you got they've already lost three or four. I think it's three, three at yeah. least three of significance. Odom. Um, and then Douglas, Max Brown, the quarterback, yeah. and of course Caleb Douglas, who I think is going to be—I think Caleb Douglas is going to go somewhere like, who knows, Kentucky, Arkansas. And he's he's going to go be, somewhere. Yeah, he's going to light, it, light up. it up. Yep, I think he's a really good player. So the question now becomes: Is once the transfer portal officially opens on the fourth, which is Monday, then these guys, like you've had a bunch of guys saying they're leaving, okay? But it becomes official. The thirty-day window begins December fourth. Thirty days to declare that you are leaving, okay? Now. You just got to get in the portal. You don't have to leave within those 30 days, okay? You just have 30 days to declare. That's it. You can leave at any time after that. There's also a spring portal. That's a 15-day portal, and I believe it starts in April 1, I believe. April 1 through the 15th or 15th through the 30th, one of the two. Basically, what they're doing is they're giving kids after their spring practices where they see where they are on the roster if they don't want to be there. They also can get in the portal. And again, you just have to be in the portal to transfer. You don't have to transfer within those 30 days in December. You don't have to transfer within the 15 days of April. You just have to be in there to transfer. Now, that being said, if you are one of these elite Florida players and you want to get to the portal just to get in there, just to see if you need to transfer, I would guess there's going to be some of that happen because you're looking at a coach who is in a one-shot deal now. He has to win next year or he's going to get fired. I don't think there's any question about that. So – now you're looking at, all right, where am I right now as far as am I a sophomore, junior, se- junior, senior? If you're looking at Trevor Etienne, he more than likely has one season to go. That's it. Just one. He'll be a junior next year. He's not staying. If you're a running back, you get out of college as soon as you can because you running backs just get crushed. 
in this game. This game is brutal on running backs. You got to get out while you, while you can earn, okay? If you've got more guys like that that have one season left, I think those are the guys you really got to really got to start looking at zeroing in on. Now, before the show, you and I were talking. You think Trevor Etienne, he might be a guy that's looking right now. Yeah, you, well, you heard Griff, right? Uh, the, where there's smoke, there's fire. And it, listen, this has been a rumor um, here for the last couple of weeks. Um, and here's the thing about <laughs> the portal. It's not just meant for guys that aren't in a good uh, in a bad situation. It's meant for talented players that could be in a good situation. Right. Is Trevor Etienne in a in a good situation? You know, a lot of us have watched Florida games here over the last couple of the, the last calendar year, and sometimes we wonder out loud. Matt, we've done it on social media. Say, hey, why hasn't Etienne touched the ball in the last however many series? Yeah. Or why isn't he? These guys know just as much as we do as we're watching the game and as things are happening. They, they know this just as much. It's like, hey, I can get in there and make a difference. It's not that they're going to make more money or there's an incentive-laden contract for them if they're touching the ball. They're like, hey, I want to get in there because I know I'm one of your best players. Trevor Etienne knows he's one of Florida. He is Florida's best player, right? You can, you can probably stick Trey Wilson in there because I think he's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, but right? I mean, Trevor Etienne's their best player. Uh, yeah, there's Trevor no Etienne. doubt about that. Yes, he yeah. is their best player, right? Yeah. I, I think the problem that exists is that – this is first of all, this is not a money thing. The reason that these rumors are coming about, this is not a money thing. He doesn't want more money, right? He wants he can to get wa- money anywhere. Oh, f- Matt, come on! Anywhere right. that this kid can go, yeah, or, he'll get like, a there's, ton. Right? There's more than enough places, even around Gainesville, that are willing to sign him to an NIL deal. All he has to do is just point his finger and say, "Hey, I want an NIL deal," and he can get it. This is coming into the play of his future, his future, not only for future earnings, because if he's not a future back in this offense, which he needs to be then that's going to lessen his value. If he is not winning football games, that will lessen your value. Yeah. So this is a conversation, and this is really on Billy Napier to fix the problem. It's like, hey, and and this is one I'm a little bit nervous about because of the fact of he looked at the schedule next year. ETN knows what the schedule is. You got probably the nation's toughest schedule next year, right? With you an have, offensive line of – Oh, wait. That, that gets to <laughs> who's returning on your offensive line, right? You got – Kingsley, who's headed off into, you know, he's headed off. He's, you know, he's finished up his his college career. You have Damian George, right? I mean, <laughs> you, he wouldn't be starting him probably any other exactly, team. But right, yeah. yeah. But you got, you know, you got guys. You got a couple guys. You got Austin Barber, who's probably going to come back, and I think he's fantastic if he's healthy. But you don't have the offensive line that you do at Alabama or at Georgia that you can be featured and run the ball and do a, a really good job at it. You can – Feature your skill set. Right. I think for what ETN's done, he's done a great job given what he has, making out whatever, you know, the blocking that he has. I think he's done a good job with that. But that goes for a lot of these guys, Matt, is that there's a level of commitment that the coaches or that the administration need to have to the program to keep them around. And you have to be able to make moves, not only financial moves, but like, hey, I need to put money in your pocket. I think that's secondary. Actually, I think that plays into it. But once that becomes an issue, not an issue – it's like, what is your commitment to winning football games? A lot of times people say, well, it's not about the team. It's not about winning championships. Let me tell you something. There's still guys going to Ohio State. There's still guys going to Michigan. And yep. there's still guys going to Georgia because of the fact of, hey, I may not you know, capitalize off of everything, but at least I know I'm going to be in contention to win a CFP at some point in my career or be in an SEC title game or a Big Ten title game or wherever you want to put. If you're never going to be in contention for that, and it lessens your value. It lessens your value at the next level, Right. If you're not a feature back, if you're not a feature guy, it's going to lessen your value at the next level. Then why are you, you know, the portal's always there. Why not hop in, 
go capitalize on my value for now and get to a team that's going to be committed to winning. So here's the thing with Trevor Etienne, okay? He's very active on social media. He has not posted since November 30th. At all. <clears throat> he hasn't done anything. Anything he's retweeting is more – he's actually retweeted a Florida guy leaving for the portal and a Missouri kid leaving for the portal. Those are two of the things he's retweeted. All right, um, look, I, you, you can't – can't really go on social media. This is what these. This is how these yeah. guys kind of communicate. I don't know if you. Can, I don't know how much you can put in that. All I'm saying is, he's an elite player, and there will be teams coming after him. Alabama, Georgia, LSU. They're all going to come after. They're him. already doing it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're doing it. That's what I'm saying. So, and it's it's also uh, it, it's kind of what you said too. It's look, I can bang my head against the wall here, even if I'm getting you know. 25 touches a game, I can bang my head against the wall here. But we may go 6-6 six and six again. Hell, we may go 4-8. and eight. We may go 3-9. and nine. Right. Then what? Then what? All right? So, I, I think you and, – and I know you guys driving around out there. I get it. You, But the game isn't like it used to be, okay? You guys say, oh, it's loyalty. He signed the, he signed the scholarship papers. He should, he should be a getter. No. That's not how it is anymore. Nope. And until everybody understands that and embraces that, you're not. It's this stuff is going to make you angry. These guys need to figure out what's in the best interest for them and their future moving forward. Okay, if the schools, the universities, and I'm not just saying Florida, I'm saying all of them. If they put these guys in position where they want to stay, because what they have around them is attractive, and I'm not even talking about money. Because, again, I've said this so many flipping times, and I wish people would listen to this. Everybody essentially has the same money. So everybody's going to pay somebody what they want, period. It then comes down to how important is it for me to play for Team A instead of Team B? Where do I feel good about playing? What, and this is what it comes down to, this is the age-old question all the way back to the 1950s. Who's going to prepare me the best to play in the NFL? Exactly. And if you're looking at Billy Napier and his staff or Nick Saban and his staff, Kirby Smart and his staff, it's not really a question right now. And I'm, this is not ripping Billy Napier. This is reality staring you in the face right now. Yeah, I think that's where it comes down to. And I, I like the fact that Billy wanted to go through the approach of, hey, I got to build this. I mean, we all talked about the issues, the previous issues with the past coaching staff. But eventually, you got to stop blaming them. And these players that are in the rooms, that are in the meeting rooms, that are out on the practice field, they know. They were like, you know what? We're watching other teams. They're having fun bowling. They're going bowling this season, right? Trevor Etienne's like, I'm sitting at home. I'm going to my brother's games. I might watch my brother go play you know, in, in the playoffs. Go Jags. While his brother keeps tweeting, get him the ball. Why, get him out of there. Get him the ball. Look, I mean, he may need to switch schools. Everybody may think, oh, no, no, that's just, that's just talk. No, it's not talk. It's actually realistic that a kid wants to capitalize on his value. Look, you only got four to five years in school. And if you're not capitalizing off that value, and if any young men are listening to this, if you're not capitalizing off of that value, you're wrong. I'm a Gator through and through, and I love every guy that comes to this university and wants to play for the University of Florida. But at the end of the day, you better do what's best for you and your family because at the end of the day, the university is going to do what's best for the school. Well, it's, I mean, it, I don't know how you could. Here's, an, here's another one. Shamar James. He's got one more year now. He does. Because that knee, he, there's no way he's staying for. He's rehabbing that knee. He's playing one more year, and he's out. Is he going to stay for a four and eight team? <laughs> Here's the thing, Matt: is that you're you're not only coaching for the fact that you have to keep your job, but you're coaching for the fact that you got to keep your current class, your existing players. There's a lot of guys that are 
there that are saying, hey, look, we want to win football games. If you're not, you can hop right into the portal and move right on to a team that's contending. We've seen this for guys that wanted more money. Now we're seeing this for guys that want some, some level of success. So you have to be able – to put competent football teams on the field, or those guys are going to be like, we're checking out. We're going somewhere else and, where we can win. Right. This is not a Gators thing, okay? No, 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 no. no. It's not a Gators thing because guess what? Malik Murphy or Arch Manning, one of those two's got to go because Quinn Ewers said he's coming back at Texas, by the way. Yep. Texas just did a double reverse for touchdown pass. They're letting it all out. It's 14 0 Texas. They let it loose. Oklahoma State's driving. But uh, it, one of those two's got to go. Malik Murphy's a fantastic player. We haven't seen Arch yet, so we haven't seen him play, but, you know, from, from all indications from high school and what everyone says, he could be a, a really good player, too. Those guys going to stay at Texas again? They're going to stay another year and sit behind Quinn Ewers? No, of course they're not. One of those two is going to go. So this is not a Florida thing. This is a player's thing. These, these players now have to think, what's in my best interest? Yeah. What's going to get me to the NFL fast enough? What's going to increase my value for NFL teams? That's what this is about. This is not a Billy Napier thing. You could, it, could, it could veer off to a Billy Napier thing, and this is what I was saying to Shannon earlier in the in the show, is, you know, Florida fans are so worried about this recruiting class. What happens if, you know, you fire Billy Navy, you lose the recruiting class, and then the, the young guys he's got on the roster, they're going to leave too, right? Or, and I'm just going to throw this out there, or Uh-oh. you get a, an elite coach, and nothing happens to that recruiting class. Nothing happens to the players on your roster. Lane Kiffin strolls in there, and nothing happens any different. Pipe nothing. Bomb. Pipe bomb. Okay? <laughs> nothing different happens. You keep the recruiting class. You keep the guys in your roster. Stop thinking that way. Stop thinking that, oh, no. Oh, no, the program's going to be dead without a recruiting class. No, it's not. You get the right coach. That changes everything. Dan Lanning walks in there. Guess what? You're not losing that recruiting class. You're not losing the guys on the roster. I mean, for the love of God, just think about it a little bit. And I'm not saying fire the guy. Whatever. He's going to have another shot. He's going to get another year. People have to stop thinking that way that, oh, my gosh, what about the recruiting class? Come on, man. All right, we got one more segment to go of the last Saturday kickoff of the season. We're going to get into our picks and wrap this thing up. It's the Saturday kickoff brought to you by Bueller Air Conditioning and Sonny's Real Pit Barbecue on 1010XL. Kickoff brought to you by Sonny's Barbecue on 1010XL. All right, it's the final segment of the Saturday kickoff for the season. We're wrapping this thing up. Before we go any further, I want to, all you guys out there listening, you guys texting in, we really, honestly, really, really appreciate you. You are the reason we have this show. You are the reason we go from 6A till 10P every weekday on 1010XL. We love you guys. We appreciate the feedback, uh, the calls, the texts. The complaints, whatever. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I picked Oregon. I don't care. Um, and, our, of course, our sponsors, Bueller Air Conditioning and mm-hmm. Sunny's Real Pit Barbecue and all our sponsors here at 1010XO. We really appreciate it. Um, all right, let's wrap up this last segment. And before we get into picks, I just I just want to say this one more time. As Oklahoma State is scoring, it's 14-7 Texas Oklahoma, over Oklahoma State in the late in the first quarter uh, in the Big 12 championship game there in Dallas. I just want... I want chaos. I want chaos, Matt. I want want Florida State to win like 30 to 3 or 30 to 7 and just go, you know what? Give them double shotguns to the committee. Now tell us we can't. I want. Now tell us. Scorched earth. I want everything to go just haywire and for decisions to be made, for tough decisions to be made. And you have to tell somebody, like a Florida State, 
hey, we're going to leave you out. That just can't be the that can't be the that can't be the conversation. I'm going to tell you this too, and I I I said this to these guys in in the uh, in the break, and I want to tell you guys this right now. So listen tonight in the Florida State Louisville telecast, okay? Because that's the last telecast of the weekend, the last game. And it's also the ESPN or AB slash ABC, which means it's going to be Fowler and Herb Street, okay? And I love Fowler. Fowler, I think, is the best play-by-play guy now. He's mm-hmm. awesome. And I love Herbie, too. But they both love them some Ohio State, mm-hmm. okay? They love them some Ohio State. And you wait and see now, okay? It'll start early in the broadcast about, well, and, you know, and don't forget about one loss Ohio State now. All their, their only losses to a, a great Michigan team, you know, on the road and the last drive of the game, they had a chance. And then if Louisville starts winning, then wait and see how they start pumping up Ohio State. <laughs> then wait and see when they start to say, well, if you really want to get the four best teams in, you might want to look at Ohio State. Believe me, the Death Star is not out of this, people, okay? They are not out of this by a long shot, whether Texas wins or loses. And I said this to Rob, and Rob said, you got to be kidding me. No, I'm telling you, Texas could win, and Ohio State could still jump them. So so don't think that can't happen. I think Ohio State ahead of them right now, for that matter. They are ahead of them right now. So don't think that the Death Star is out of this thing. And you'll laugh. Like, you'll think about this tonight when you're watching the game, and you'll start to laugh when you start to hear them. You know, in Ohio State, you know, they'll, throw, they'll, like, they'll like throw Ohio State in there every once in a while. And then the, if Louisville starts to win, then it's going to be full-on scarlet and gray, man. Full-on. All right, let's go to Chris and get our, te- uh, our picks going in. Chris, what's up, Chris, good morning. What's going on? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Good, man. All right, Rob, let's hit it. All right, guys. Boise State versus UNLV. UNLV, two and a half point underdogs. Chris, who you got in this one, buddy? Give me them running ribs. Stacey Ogman, Larry Johnson. Rob, it's UNLV gets two and a half. Gets two. Yeah, okay. Last right. show, and I got it. Let's go. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Shannon. Give me, give me Boise State on this one. I mean, you would think after two years you would get this, okay? Maybe. I'm just busting on you, man. All right, I know. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm taking Boise State. They're hot. They got an interim coach. I love it. Let's go with Boise State. I'm going Bluefield team. Georgia versus Bama. Bama plus four. That one's just for you, Matt. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Who do you got, Chris? Roll Tide, baby. Woo. Yeah, yeah listen, listen to me on this one. This is a defining game. In Nick Saban's tenure at Alabama, because he's gonna take down the beast. Give me Bama, baby! Wow, look at you guys coming Roll tide. right out of the box with Bama, wow. both of you. I um, uh, look again. I picked Oregon. I thought Oregon was gonna win easy. I think Georgia's gonna win easy. I think this is like Georgia's gonna make a statement. Actually, I, I'm taking the dogs, man. Rob? Go, go, dogs! All SMU right. has got three and a half points at Tulane. I hope I got that one right. What are you thinking, Chris? Pony Express, Dickerson, all the way. SMU. Old school. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Um, It's a toss-up round. Give me SMU to take this one. Nice. I like Rhett Lashley. I like what they do there. Um, Tulane's tough, man. They're a good team. They're good at home, too. I'm going to take Tulane. That, yes. game is, that game is at Tulane, by the way. It's not at a neutral site field. It is, yeah. Let's let's go uh, Blue Tide. Michigan versus Iowa. Iowa is uh, destined to get creamed in this one. 21-and-a-half-point underdogs against Michigan. Chris, what you got? Give me the points, Iowa. Wow. Um, listen, I, that's a huge spread. I was talking to Matt about this one earlier. I think Michigan's really good on defense, but if you never watch this Iowa defense, they're really good too. It's just that they absolutely – Suck on offense. Give me the give me give me big blue. Give me Michigan. I mean, they literally have a defensive tackle playing quarterback right now. <laughs> yeah, Hill. He, he's got to be at least two seventy, at least. Um, <laughs> listen, 
Michigan's playing free now, man. It's like it's house money. Yeah. They they, they, they they got over not only one suspension from the coach, two suspensions of their coach. Six total games he missed. They're playing free. They're loose. They're talented. Um, I think this is where J.J. McCarthy starts this game and then in the playoff where he, where he takes control of this team. I like Michigan. Like, big, big tonight. Big. I'm going Hawkeyes simply because I think Michigan just has to score, like, six points, and then they're going to win. Finally, guys, Florida State versus Louisville ACC Championship. Everyone's talking about this one. Louisville underdogs, one and a half points. What do you think? I'll lay the points. Florida State, chop it up. Yeah, here's the thing is that this is this is the game of the day. This is the what it's going to come down to. A lot of college football playoff jargon, what we've been talking about. This is what happens in this game. We, we, we talk about anarchy and chaos. If Florida State loses this football game tonight, this is when it happens, right? I think Louisville coming off that loss to Kentucky last week, a debilitating loss, I think they're going to fight back, and I think Louisville ends up knocking off the Seminoles. All right, uh, as Texas just goes up 21-7 now, still in the first quarter. Damn. So clearly, Knowles, it's on you now. you got to make a statement. And I think they're going to. I, I think Mike Norvell and that staff are going to get whoever's playing quarterback, be it Glenn or Rodemaker, going to get them ready. They're going to get the ball to Keon Coleman. They're going to get the ball to Jaheim Bell. They're going to run with Benson. They're going to play nasty defense like they have all year. And I think they're going to win. They're going to put a number up and force the committee to say no. Go Rob? Cards. Go Cards. Go Cards. All right, Chris, good luck, brother. Good luck, Chris. Thanks, guys. All right. That's, I mean, I, I want to see that as much as anything. Because I want this Florida State team rewarded. I want them rewarded for all they've flipping gone through now since since Willie Tiger left, since since that last season where Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was screaming at the FSU sideline to get a player on the field because they only had 10 on offense. Yeah, yeah. So th- that was the lowest of lows, and now here they are. And they've gone through a lot, man. All right, it's championship weekend, man. We appreciate you guys hanging with us all year. We've Thank had a guys, blast man. here. We want to thank, once again, Bueller Air Conditioning and Sonny's Real Pit Barbecue for sponsoring the show. We appreciate you guys out there. Have a safe and fun championship weekend day. Drink a lot, eat a lot, be safe. Happy holidays to everyone. Shannon, thank you, man. Thank you, buddy.